the Scandal Fan Podcast starts now. Thank you for joining the Scandal Fan Podcast. I am Jaha Knight, branding Amazon. And today we have the last episode of the winter finale for season five. And we had a great time talking about this episode today with all of the listeners that were live. And I'm so glad you all get to listen in on that candid conversation that we had with all of the Scandal Podcast crew. So Eldia, Katrina, and Langston were on for this episode. And then we went into the after dark to discuss a little bit further. We had a really great time. And I'm so glad that you all have shown up and shown out for us for these last two years, listening to us in our shenanigans, even if you love to hate us or hated to love us <laughs> while we were doing our thing on this show. Uh, we will continue to do our own thing collectively and individually as well in our own spaces and support each other the best the best way that we know how to do for the crew. And if you all want to do the same with all of us, of course, you know, I am branding Amazon on every single social media channel. And then we have the access to Eldia, which is Janet Tamara fan, uh, Katrina, which is number one feeling and Langston who's Langston Smith on, uh, Twitter. We're all, uh, out there <laughs> doing our things. So you can definitely support us that way. You can go to jahanight.com or dramaqueenbooks.com to find me, depending on what aspect of your life you're looking for me. If you're looking to do business or start a new business, you know, you can find me at jahanight.com. And if you are working on a marketing or sales campaign. That's also where you can find me for business. And if you want to find out about the books that we're publishing starting in 2016, you can go to dramaqueenbooks.com because the books that we write are all about drama, of course. And then you can find Eldia on her blog and you can find Katrina on her site as well. Katrina Pavela.tumblr.com. I don't know LDS by heart, but I know we've said Katrina's enough on air that I remember it. So you can find that on dramaqueenbooks.com because all of their links are actually there if I haven't given it to you here on the podcast. So I'm so glad that you all have been such rock star listeners for the last few years and we have all been such great fans of this show and still will continue to be. I know in the after dark, someone <laughs> mentioned that, oh, you're leaving right on time because the Olitz storyline is going to shit, but, <laughs> but it's not that. I will continue to watch Scandal. I will continue to support with my viewership. So that's not going anywhere. And we will, you know, continue to love on great drama and great shows and all of that good stuff while we produce great drama and great books over at dramaqueenbooks.com. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to us. And if you want to give yourself a high five for being a fantastic listener over these years, please feel free to do so. All right. So here's the episode, which is Baby It's Cold Outside. 
please make up your mind. Do you today says, in my opinion, Olivia has daddy issues, which is impacting her ability to have a healthy relationship with the man. She needs some time to choose herself and know that yielding to a partner does not come at the expense of your own power or freedom. She can only be at this inner place by focusing on fixing herself for a little while. Olivia needs therapy. Well, in my opinion, um, <laughs> do you today? Olivia is at this place, but it's not about her thinking that it's one over the other. The way this was positioned for her in this sense with her and Fitz, with you know what she did and how she felt she had to make up for the issue or what she the problem she created, um, or the disappointment that he now felt within himself self about the relationship or with her, she allowed some of her power to be taken. But that's not totally her fault or her issue. That's something that her and Fitz have to deal with together. Moretta says that Liv has more than just daddy issues. Hello, Katrina Pavela. How are you, lady? I am. All right. <laughs> I like it. Oh, look at her looking all pro. Look like a little professor over there with the little glasses well, and the little. I was professor today. So were you? Do very much because it's been a long. Day. Fridays are always long for me. They begin at like 5 a.m. So who are you telling? <laughs> we are here with that because I've been up since <laughs> since Jesus said, "Let there be light." I've been up. That's how it feels. <laughs> I was like, "Yes, Lord, I see the light." I'm getting up right now. Um, so yeah. Um, so we've been, I've been reading the comments here about what everyone thinks about Olivia. Moretta J says, Liv has more than daddy issues. She also says, how can she tell Fitz that at least her daddy loved her? I don't know what that means. Um, and is that, then. Is that an uh, in the argument? When Fitz uh, said, he, it, she kept interrupting him a lot, actually. Um, so she was projecting a whole bunch of her stuff and her issue. Anyway, she said, um, he said, you know, at least, you know, I knew where you came from. And she goes, where I came from, I came from a palace compared to where you came from, where your father, like, didn't love you. At least my daddy loved me or something like that. I was like, you little children. <laughs> <laughs> they were letting their little kids out to, to have that argument. They the do you today all of the nights. All of stuff. Yeah, they did. It was it was rough. I'm surprised they actually said, okay, we supposed to talk about that in the after dark. Sorry. Jumping ahead of myself. Um, okay, so let me start off with the questions. Um, so from the beginning of the episode, because you know we always start at the top and work our way down. I was just trying to get those questions out, out before we started because, girl, they were on here chatting with each other. Without me even being on here, I'm like, what did y'all show up at 5:50? Were you early? Was the, <laughs> did you say let the church say amen? Jaha ain't gotta be here. We just gonna do this by ourselves. So the the quote was, Olivia's busy. Can we make her unbusy? And then Fist's response was no. So at the holiday party, um, when they talked about the charm offensive marketing campaign working, what was the first sign for you all that? this episode with the relationship between Olix was kind of going to go sideways. Well, I think people suspected it would probably go sideways from the end of the last episode because Olivia had been trying to avoid moving in there because she knew she would feel caged. But my problem with her is why don't you just say this? Like, why didn't you say this before? Because it's never been what you wanted. 
you know, you wanted him, but not well, what I was calling Paris until these attacks. And now I feel very uncomfortable calling it that um, because of uh, episode 503, Paris is burning. Um, but for me, I think the first sign was um, her staring at her dresses, really, and mm-hmm. coming in and um, saying, I like that one. And she just, because she looks so numb and so detached and so dead. And perhaps the she probably knew she was pregnant at that time, too. That was probably weighing on her and all of those things closing in on her and all of the things that she wanted. So from that that set the tone it's like this isn't gonna go well (laughs) that's exactly how i felt i was looking at it and i was like well uh the bloody dresses because normally she wears black white gray she doesn't really wear color so that kind of took me aback that but but i get the significance (laughs) yeah i was like and they they did look bloody they they were so in stark contrast to what she normally wears. So I was like, ooh, that's a big ass change. Like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> I was like, a lot of red. She actually, yeah, she actually does. It looks good with her coloring though. So the foreshadowing of Abby and Liz's conversation, wasn't that telling for y'all? Um, <clears throat> it was like, it was too obvious. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, hmm, I'm not sure how this is going to go or how Shonda's going to play this. Because to be honest, the end of the last episode, I didn't know how Shonda was going to play it. But once I saw Olivia in the closet, I said, okay, I know how she's going to play this. It's not going to be a 180 where somehow Liv um, ends up liking this or finding a way to make it work for her. No, she's flat out just unhappy with this because she's never wanted it. But as I said before... The onus is on her to say that. Mm. And before this whole thing happened with her father, right? This has been building. This is something she has not wanted for a while. So nobody sit there and say, well, Fitz moved her into the White House. Yes, he did. And I talked about that on my Tumblr, sort of like understanding his logic behind that, even though his behavior is problematic. This has been building for episodes on episodes now since at least 503. Olivia has wanted to avoid moving into that place and becoming like replacement wife or wifey. That's not, you step know, for wife. The house. <laughs> yeah. I, I call it step for wifing because she really did. I, actually, they did say that in the episode, right? She, yeah, she was. Yeah, Stepford wife. Oh, yeah, at the party. I think someone said that. Yeah, yeah. it looks like Olivia, but yeah. <laughs> so, Melly, I know you all love, love, love you some Melly. So, Melly taking on the Senate for Planned Parenthood, why do you think she t- took such a rash stand? Well, there was, um, she kind of actually said it in um, the back in the ladies' room with Liv, mm-hmm. right? And I love the whole kind of symbolism of that, the ladies room. Um, or she says, you know, I don't know why I did it. You know, I'm a Republican. Like, this isn't really even my issue. But she said, I didn't like, um, I forget his name, that senator asshole guy. Um, I didn't like him telling me what to do. And the thing is, Melly at that point in her political career had nothing to lose. She was already like a pariah. They used her from the minute she entered the Senate, right? The um, 
why am I forgetting all of these people's names? The the senator lady, the Democrat lady, used her <laughs> to be able to push impeachment, you know, for Fitz so that she could raise her, you know, political um, capital at Melly's expense. And then Melly got kicked off the judiciary uh, panel. And, you know, now, you know, people look at her as this kind of sad case. She was left by her husband, you know, that whole thing. Um, and she wasn't really anywhere as a freshman senator. So on one hand, when you tell Melly she can't do something, you know how she reacts. And yeah. two, she had nothing to lose. And three, I think this was a risk worth, you know, her taking that once you start that you just, you know, you follow through with it and she ended up having some encouragement. So I think in the ladies room, they made it obvious that this isn't some secret like ambition about women's rights that Melly harbored, that this is something that she kind of, you know, found herself in and decided to just stick with it because it went from her thinking, you know, this, this um, discretionary um, funding isn't quite right. This is like, you know, kind of fucked up to like making it her issue. Um, and I think that sometimes that happens. People find themselves the unlikely champions of something, right? That they never thought that they would do. And then once you prove that to yourself, then what else can you do? I think it was also a shifting of power. Um, since power is such a big thing in scandal, it was a yeah. shifting of power because as Olivia seemed to become less empowered, Melly became more empowered. And I think too, being that she had felt so long that she wasn't in any type of position of power, this was her taking that power back. And it was a stand for it. Cause that's what I saw it as. I was like, wow, she's finally getting to stand up for what she really truly wants, even though it wasn't her issue because she's a Republican. She's actually not letting someone tell her this is the only option and you have no others. So shut, sit down and shut up little girl. Cause that's, no, well, that's really kind of, yeah. She took a window. Well, well, that's what I was trying to say that she, she found a window and she took it to get some power back. You know, yeah. this was saying a few episodes ago about, you know, you know how things work in this town. Everything runs on power and I've got to get mine from somewhere. She had to get hers from somewhere and she found a window. You know, that wasn't necessarily her issue, but she made it her issue. And um, yeah, and it didn't have anything to do, you know, with fits. Like this was an, 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 an issue specifically related to sort of women's rights. In some ways, it kind of ended up being connected to live because of the whole like, you know, abortion issue and the kind of contrast um, that was going on there. But previously, when she came into the Senate, they still made her political career about fits, right? With the whole impeachment thing, they needed her to do it. So this was her first thing that she did that didn't have anything to do with him outside of the White House and in her own, you know, sort of political career. And let me point out, to all Melly stands that once again, Melly got something because Olivia helped her make it happen. Melly only ever gets anything because Olivia helps her make it happen, whether Melly knows it or not. Melly became a senator because Olivia helped make that happen from behind the scenes and through Fitz. And I was so glad that at least Melly said thank you this time when she realized that Olivia was the cause of you know Susan showing up. And now, if you are just joining us for the first time or just joining us, I'm Jaha Knight. That's Katrina Pavela. You are watching the Scandal Fan Podcast. And thank you so much, Annie, for sharing the podcast. If you are all watching, 
There's a tell a little bird, tell your friends button on the left-hand side. You can share this episode with a friend so that we can get some great people in the room and have more dialogue in the comments that are there. If you are in the comments, you can actually talk back to each other in the comments. So make sure you take advantage of that opportunity. It's cold outside and the reactions of everyone from that episode. Um, Do You Today says the entire kidnapping interrupted Olivia choosing herself. That's why the couch was never clean. The old couch is symbolic of the old wounded Olivia. I am hoping that the new couch is about a new Olivia. By the way, I believe that she viewed the growing child inside of her as connected to the wounded old Olivia. In other words, the abortion was also her clearing away the old her. What, what are your thoughts about that? Um, I think you're definitely right about the um, the kidnapping interrupting, uh, um, you know, Olivia kind of, Olivia's choosing herself because even after she came back, there was a coldness to her that she kind of had to heal from that experience. So healing from that experience is not the same thing as then sort of moving on from where she was before then. It's like another whole kind of step was added. And, you know, before the season started, I call this the season of um, Olivia taking back her life. And so far, that is what is going on. I think she's been making some mistakes along the way or going with things and seeing where they lead her. And when they're not working for her saying, well, I have to change course. And we see that that's what's happening now. For me, I thought the abortion... um, I agree about I agree about the couch, by the way. Um, and I noticed that it's a gray, so she's not trying to live up to some pristine ideal of white anymore. So I I thought that was a good thing. Um, she replaced the white couch with a gray one. Um, but for the abortion, I saw it as almost kind of like this disruption of this of um, the future that she was headed towards with Fitz, a future that. Not that she doesn't want, but she doesn't want it right now. And that baby symbolized pushing her further and further into that future that she absolutely did not want right now, right? Having a kid, they would have had to have gotten married because that wouldn't look good in the White House. Um, being Having your girlfriend Definitely there. Definitely not. They, they were going to have to get married. They were and, just cleaning that up, you know? <laughs> right. Right. And just, and that, and it will push her further away from her dreams. Now, I don't know what other dreams she has, right? And that's the question that I've been asking since 312. What else do you want? Because there've been all of these interruptions and chasing her father around. Even, Even that, even the kidnapping interrupted that, interrupted her ability to kind of deal with her father um, in the way that she needed to, right? She quarantined him and kind of pushed him out of her mind. But that's not the same thing as dealing with the issue, right? You're just placing, as I said, you're quarantining the issue, but you're not dealing with it. And that's why Shonda has allowed this man to be free because Olivia, and because it came up several times during the argument, she still has an issue that she has to deal with. And she has her own stuff. It's not just about her father. She has her own stuff. She's a terrible communicator, a terrible, terrible communicator in a relationship. And that is something that she has to to work on. Yeah. So for me, the abortion was about halting any kind of future idea because Olitz has always been about, they talk about babies and jam, right? And a baby was always meant to be the future is what they were going to do. So they can't have that future because things just are not right 
in this present. I can't agree that aborting an unborn child is a way of her clearing away the old her. This is a human life. We're talking about uh, created out of love is what Moretta J says. I hope Fitz finds somebody that is not a basket case of issues who can appreciate the full scope of love and not some basket case who plays with his emotions then blames him for acting desperate when it's clear he is going to lose the one he loves. Hashtag by Olivia is what Shane says. Liv is just not ready or fit to be a parent is what Moretta J says. Um, Fitz doesn't know how to be. They are harsh, ain't they? They're being way. People have been so fucking harsh to Olivia. And I, the part of the reason I hate this is when they do this is because stop acting like Fitz has his shit together. Fitz has issues with Melly from his past. Fitz has trust issues. Fitz has issues around his inadequacy and feeling inadequate. So stop acting like Fitz is perfect. You know I fucking love Fitz and I will, I am ride or die for him, ride his dick, everything. I love him, but he's not perfect. And stop acting like he is. That's like so you can denigrate Olivia. That took stop me, it. that took me completely okay. Because <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> ride his huh? Okay, well. Fitz doesn't know how to be in a relationship either is what Isaac Y says. So she said that. She said that earlier. Um, Moretta J says, I wonder who's leading the podcast. To oh, Lord. She's talking about me. <laughs> who's leading the podcast today, John has the conference. Um, Brown Shea says, Fitz has unresolved baggage from his relationships with relationship with Melly that he needs to sort through as well. And then Moretta comes in and says, they both need, the, the both of them rushed into this relationship. They needed time to heal. Um, Brown Shea said- They were pushed here, guys. Remember that. They were outed. This is not their choice in a lot of ways. And things have been pushing kind of all along. And it started with that outing. And Olivia told him that, you know, they needed time to be a couple before they could. And, and I think that's where that argument blew up from. But they still needed time to be a couple. But just like you were saying earlier, to your point, Olivia is not really good at communicating because you can't. And, and Shane has said this. So I, I give this to Shane, too. He has said this before that Olivia seriously needs to be able to talk with this man in a way that is going to allow her to express what's going on outside of just her. Like she can't be the only one making decisions in a relationship. And then he has to deal with whatever decisions she's made on her own that still affect him because that's yeah. how a relationship works. So no, um, I agree with that. yeah, that conversation should have been had, especially even with the baby thing, you know, that's going to come up in, in season so, five B and that's going to be, that does come up, but I have to say, I'm not angry with her for not telling him because it would have made it more complicated for her. And I don't think it needed to be more complicated for her. And at the end of the day, it is her body and it's her right to do that. And like, but I do think that if they get to a place and, you know, sort of, when they come back together, because I do firmly believe that, um, that this is something she will share with him, or maybe she'll share with you know him before that she did this, but their communication is an issue. The problem with Olivia is she is used to giving orders. She is used to like dictating and saying, this is what needs to be done because that's how she treats her clients. That's how she treats her employees. You can't be that way in a relationship. She is very comfortable giving fits directions about what and her advice on things as his advisor right she's very good at doing that she's not good at 
talking about stuff in the relationship when she's not pushed in an emotional corner. And I've told people mm. this for like two seasons now. Olivia is a, she's like a boiling pot, you know what I mean? Or like a pressure cooker. She doesn't let things out until it's like the steam is rising out until she, it, the pot is about to blow. And that is unsustainable in a relationship. You will very, very quickly destroy it if you cannot regularly communicate how it is you feel. And I understand in some ways why she doesn't do it because there is always so much to, to lose, to risk. I was watching, let me say this real quick. I was watching Mary Jane, being Mary Jane um, today and they were talking about Mary Jane's like little cuddle buddy, um, to, she and a friend. And the friend was like, um, you know, oh, but you tell him things. And she's like, well, of course you tell him things because you don't want him. It's much easier to be open with someone <laughs> you don't really want them and there isn't that much to lose. And I said, exactly. That's why Olivia can call Jake. That's why she can talk to him about stuff because there is nothing to lose with him. Who the fuck cares? She always has everything to lose with Fitz and always so afraid of what might be lost that she can't think about what there is to gain by opening the fuck up. Um, you know, with her words. So that's something that she has to 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 work on. I remember Adnan Salif in 315 told her, you know, you're just like your mother. You want things when you want them and only on your terms. And even her mother read her ass at the end of last season and said, look at you, you strut around here, all the problems that you create so you can fix them and makes you feel so important. And it was like, she said some other stuff and it was one of the best reads of Olivia like ever that, um, and I thought, you know what, Maya, you're right in some ways. So that's how I feel about Olivia. She, there isn't always the give in communication. She can dictate the, the kind of relationship stuff that she needs to do. She's not good at that. But on the flip side, when it comes to fits, because this is how I felt, she's like, she's, <laughs> did you just take a breath? <laughs> she's like, but on the, yeah, I thought you took a breath. I was like, oh, Lord. On the flip side, when it comes to fits, I think that in any relationship, you need to give the person the space to be themselves. And when he told Abby that Olivia was busy with what fucking holiday parties and a bunch of nonsense is not really her thing, um, he really kind of took the the steam out of her being herself. Like you can't block people off from the, the space that they occupy that they're good at. And he did do that because when he was like, when she said, well, why don't we get Olivia on this? Nope, she's busy. She's doing other things. Then you go and you have another scene and Olivia's picking out China for a damn dinner party. Girl, look, at the end of the day, she needed to be doing what she does best, which is what she ended up doing for Melly. So fixing, that's her thing. And if she's not doing that, and you saw her at the beginning on all these covers of magazines and this and that, that's not her. That's just not, of not in that I, way, not in that way. It's so, not her, but that's, the, let me say two things. Of course not. And I disagree with you about the, the Abby uh, thing. And I'll say why in, in a second and, and, and how you could interpret that if he had said, yes, let's get her to do this. So, of course, it's not her. Like, she can do it. She's good at it. But it's not what she prefers. It's not what she enjoys. It's not what makes her feel alive, right? But being there in that house, that is the expectation. That is, that is the kind of first girlfriend that America expects in the image. And 
we have real life, the last two first ladies to look back on in this. Remember the magazine, um, the three magazine pictures that were up. The first one was about healthy living, the first ladies healthy living. That was literally Michelle Obama's like platform about healthy living and food. Two, um, Olivia Pope, feminist or foe. There was a, I don't know if it was Time or The Nation, there was an article about Michelle Obama and they said, Michelle Obama is feminism's worst nightmare. So that magazine cover was literally recalling that. Three, the whole puppy thing and Olivia opens up. These are, in some ways, America is also to blame for relegating first ladies to this position. When, when, when Hillary Clinton was getting too involved with healthcare, wanting to pass healthcare back in the Clinton administration, Republicans were basically like, slow your role and know your role as first lady, right? And she actively complained about like, I, you know, I'm not interested in cookies and doing these kinds of things, but she had to like tone it down and step back into more like first lady roles because they launched an offensive against her with the public and the public expected her to know her role, which is this like, you know, support like traditional. So no, it's not Olivia, but being in that it's like what it requires, which is why she didn't want to be there. But by virtue of being there, that's what was happening. The thing with Abby, you forget that Fitz and Olivia had like agreed on a schedule of things that she was doing that day. So she had an agenda, which is why if you had, then it could have been interpreted as, oh, you just like pulling her around to like do whatever work you need her to do. So either way, it's like, yeah, I think it's something that she would have wanted to do, but that's what I think was probably going through his mind. But I understand what you're saying. That's what she would have preferred doing. She's not She's not fulfilled or happy with any of that stuff. And it, I mean, Stevie Wonder could have seen that coming. Moretta J said, Moretta, I didn't know my earrings were making noise. I'm sorry, lady. I just saw that. Um, Tula Rosebud uh, is, never mind. She didn't say she was talking to you, Katrina. So da -da 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 -da, your earrings make too much noise. Okay, so Cassandra says, uh, <laughs> and with the added sadness that y'all are leaving us, I understand, but still upset. Congrats on your accomplishments, though, but I'm totally in my feelings. Um, and I didn't know my earrings were causing the interference. I was trying to figure out what it was, but I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm not used to wearing these bracelets on my ears. Well, they're always that big, but... <laughs> I didn't expect them to be clanging. I was trying to figure out what that was. I thought it was my connection. Thank you for letting me know that. That's great. Um, the earrings are talking loud to me. I get it. Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Brown Shane. Appreciate it. Welcome, Eldia. Eldia is here. Hey, guys. Awesome. <laughs> I literally just got off work. So, hey, guys. I'm sorry, Moretta J, that you wanted my head to be immobile. But it's <laughs> not that's just not how people faces work. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Shay says, Katrina Poole, she missed you. Uh, he missed you. Sorry. Um, Brown Shay said, looking all scholarly and fly. She was talking to Katrina because she looking all Dr. Pavela all up in here, um, which is what Moretta J said. Shonda and the writers fucked me up with this whole episode. I didn't even watch it for the second time. Cassandra said, um, do you today says, however, for 4.5 season, the writers presented and Olivia as having the ability to find solutions. How the hell have they flipped her on us? They always do that. Moretta J said, you said you weren't going to be here. Okay, well, I'm here. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> 
I'm here, Moretta. <laughs> I was here. Um, Cassandra says, I don't understand why they had to go this route in order for Olitz to have this much needed discussion or argument. Like why this path? There had to have been other scenarios or options. Well, this is a drama. Um, I think it's really, that is, let me tell you something right now. Um, and I love you guys to death. Don't tweet me. <laughs> don't send me messages. Don't send me anything on Tumblr saying, yeah. no, 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 I'm, I'm being like deadly serious about this. Or try to involve me in conversation that says, why didn't they go X, Y, Z route instead of the route they could? What other options were there for them to do? Or say things to me like, well, so-and-so on X show got this storyline around abortion. So why couldn't, don't say it to me because it is a fruitless path to go down. Yeah, I have to deal with the story that you have. You don't like the story that you have, then that's fine. For me, considering, oh, well, what are these other options? Leads you to unhappiness. And I am not going there. Go there if you want. Do not Katrina says she's not right taking now. the trip with y'all. So regifting that sweet old holiday tradition. Nope. Do you think when Liz saw that, um, what's her name? Um, the oh, vice president Susan, Susan oh, was Susan. wearing that bracelet <laughs> that she probably I think inside her she was like no this mother are you kidding me I was like wow that's kind of that's kind of bold what do you think but how messy of David though because hey. he knows that Liz hey hey yeah Liz that is messy Liz didn't care Liz said this yeah. don't probably nothing so hey right. But was it like he was finally realizing what was in front of him, Katrina? It was like he was like, no. oh, uh, no. yeah, he was, it was no. just a shady move. It was a no. dick move, Dave. It was, I was like, this is messy. What do you think about Quinn and, and her her sadness and um because that was one thing that I was like Quinn she's so she don't have nobody why well, no Olivia invite her over to eat some popcorn and drink some wine they have all left Quinn like seriously herself finally they have all left and abandoned Quinn like that is messed up. I mean like they have all left her like Huck ain't there Abby ain't there. I like that. I like that they show that, though, because they are Quinn's family, right? She made the decision to leave Lindsay behind and in the past and, and become Quinn Perkins, so they are her family. Well, and I think the other thing is that we have to remember that the holidays is a really lonely time for a lot of people. And um, I like that we saw people in various states of togetherness or you know being alone um some of them unhappy fits with his drink in his office and olivia i don't think she was happy necessarily Free. but i felt she like is. she felt in that moment just at peace yeah this at peace, peace with herself and proud that she was making a start on um what it is that she wanted at least you know for the present and and feeling good about making the decisions that she had recently um so huck's made. conversation with papa pope and his initial disgust about huck forgetting the freedom fries and the underground railroad did y'all see any double entendres in this speech yeah, with the, the fact that he was like what? the freedom fries. Here you got Olivia wanting her freedom, and then the underground railroad is literally, and him, <laughs> and he's wanting his freedom. Yeah, and then Olivia, he, him being ushered literally through kind of the underground railroad of getting out the prison system, and <laughs> now being you know hidden by mm -hmm. Hux so that he's not murdered. 
Wow. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Papa Pope is always double talking, like out both side of, sides of his mouth. It was a great scene, but it, it made me laugh. Like when he was sitting there and Huck was like, just kept eating. And then Huck was like, eat your food. <laughs> he was like, it was like, it was like he was a defiant child, like, like knocking it over. Like, I'm not going to eat this. And I was like, Huck was like, okay, I don't care. I mean, it was, it was a great scene. I think Guillermo and Joe kind of stole the show for me last night with that one scene that they had. It was the one I think I enjoyed the most. Um, there's always an undertone of Papa Pope trying to not only double talk, but also manipulate people. And I feel like that's what he was trying to do in that scene was manipulate Huck into giving him what he And the best exactly. thing that it didn't work mm. because Rowan is um, Huck's ghost in a lot of ways, right? His trigger. This man has been able to flip Huck's switch in the past and get him to kill for him. You know, he got him to kill Pete Foster in um, episode 304. And, um, and Huck was able to stare down his ghost and come out on the other side of that, right? And even impart some truths to Rowan about being a father and what a terrible father he has been. What I did not like, not just in that scene, but in other parts of the episode as well, was this insinuation by these various men that Olivia is somehow their responsibility to protect her from being with Fitz, which is somehow like the worst world. Did it, said it, um, what's his face? Um, Franklin Russell, uh, you know, said it to um, Jake. And of course that was Jake's job for such a long time. And it's like, this woman is not your fucking responsibility. Let let her do what she needs to do. If you guys didn't stop intervening in her life so much, she wouldn't have gone through half the heartache and half the problems that she's gone through the last couple of seasons. So let her do her, and she will come around to you know the decisions that she needs to make. So Rowan seemed kind of surprised when he figured out who Huck was working for. And he did seem to realize that all hope wasn't lost with Liv, despite Huck saying, you're no one's father and I'm not your son. Um, what do you all think that he was feeling in that moment when he found out that the reason he was tied to that chair was Olivia for safety? I think he realized that, you know, it's not, it's not, all is not lost. She doesn't want him, she doesn't want him dead as he, as he had once believed. And with Lazarus, but I tell you, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that, that was, that for me was one of the great, one of the great scenes of last night was just Huck um, taking that moment to just basically, basically he just, he sliced him open. He cut him open yep. as if he, yep. as if he were extract, if, if he were trying to extract something from him. It was like that was like like. I think Huck found a new a new way to to torture yep. last night, and it was it was incredible because it was like he he didn't have to pull out a single weapon. He didn't have to you know he didn't have to do anything. He just used his words, and I think that's I think that was probably the first time we saw him do that. And just totally like feel empowered to just almost pretty much just decimate um, Rowan without actually even touching him. Did did he say that Huck's form of torture was eating people? 
Did he say that? I believe. No, it was peeling. Peeling. Yeah. Peeling. Yeah. Have y'all remember seen Huck said back in season one, yeah. 105? Yeah. I will peel you like my great. Oh, okay. Because I was like, yeah. what? That's essentially what he did to Rowan without actually using a single knife or anything. Yeah. But can I, just say, on can I just say that Huck was able to reach that soft point because Rowan, we keep calling him Rowan, but Rowan doesn't have Rowan anymore. Rowan doesn't have all of his, he doesn't have his empire anymore. He is Eli, right? So he is vulnerable, which is what Olivia stripped him down to at the end of the last season. And because he's no longer Rowan, which, you know, I was on about last season about how she has to kill Rowan so that she can live. What's left is Eli. And that's the person that she needs to, to deal with because so much of her life, Eli has been masquerading as Ro Rowan has been masquerading as Eli in Olivia's life and he doesn't have that anymore right Lazarus 1 is dead B613 is dead so who the fuck is this man right and who can you guys be together you know as um, some kind of a family now this is great now this is a perfect lead in to Lazarus the sons of Papa Pope Marcus being the head of that crew and we literally I think that was last episode just asked where the hell is Marcus with his sexy chocolate cell Russell, oh shit! Um, oh, I actually said uh, Marcus was. No. What? <laughs> Come on now. Well, I almost threw up a Come little on. bit. Sorry, Russell. Oh, oh yes, Russell. Yes, oh, I actually saw him. <laughs> well, Russell did. Did I see like a little? Did I see a little dance? <laughs> you did. It was a little dance. I had to give a little, a little bit of body roll on. Did a body roll. I, body I did a smooth body roll. Y'all don't know. Look, uh, y'all don't see me off this off this podcast. I, I, okay, all right. So Marcus being the head of the crew, Jake actually, yeah, Jake actually murdering. How do you uh, murdering him? How do you all feel about Jake actually doing some effectual spy work? Well, I'll let y'all go. I'll say that. I, don't know I mean, especially especially. If you know, if we ever find out that Russell was really the father of that baby. Ooh, ooh, now Langston, why you gotta go there? Um, um, I will just say this. If they had taken Jake out of this episode, like they took Millie out of, what was it, the last, the episode previous to last? They took her out of 507. 507. If she was, if he was out of that, I, I would have been fine. I don't Nothing has changed. I don't know why Jake's still around. <laughs> I don't. I, I mean, I just. They're like, look. I'm like, it's like a head scratcher. I'm like, Elisa's mm. dead. You know, <laughs> you can't pop that character, that storyline well, up no more, right? I mean, right? Did we oh, even care know. that he was married? No. <laughs> right. But what was funny? You know, I only it was I how totally they totally took Rowan out of the implication altogether. By letting us know that it was Russell who actually killed Elise. But the question would be why? If they were working together, because supposedly she was working with, you know, with the Lazarus group to take it down. But wasn't so guess, she running? She I was guess running. Was, she was running away with Jake. So but I guess there was no um 
there's no daughters in the uh, in the Lazarus situation. So <laughs> yeah, in that empire, it's all it's only the sons, right? Um, um, he, I, well, he said he killed her to um, to get back at Jake for that dumbass reason. Whether you were supposed to take care. Okay, somebody got some real crazy noise going on. Okay. But I wanted to say um, about um, killing people that, you know, I've said this before, Jake and Rowan are a narrative pair and their relevance comes from each other. And, the, and I also said that Jake is loyal to Rowan above everyone else. And this is proven in the narrative. Not only that, the reason why he's always been ineffectual at killing Rowan is because he's never really wanted to. He talks all this shit, but this mm -hmm. dude always fails when it comes to really cornering this man and killing him because he doesn't want to. He has like a really fucked up kind of father relationship with him. And so might I just add, anybody who's thinking Olivia's going to go back to Jake, you're a fool because the writers have made it plainly clear with all this brother, sons, our father talk that basically that would be a gross and incestuous thing. And after their argument in the Oval Office last week, we're not going back there. Well, Huck so. and Quinn was incesting. I'm just saying. Um, Olivia making the <laughs> point of it. Yeah. Olivia making the point to Fitz that what Melly was doing on the Senate floor had nothing to do with him. And then later on, the parallel of her. Well, Gabby put that in his head. Well, well. No. Yes, she thinks everything is about him. Said, yeah, that's so like. I'm going to defend Fitz on this because when they were in the Oval Office with, with Cyrus and with he um, did Abby. Say, Abby, yeah. the, Abby's the one that said, well, it depends, you know. If she does this, she looks like a sad whatever that's true. she does this. But that's her job. Her job is perception, spin, and you know, that's her job in the White House. Yeah, but all I'm saying is that Fitz didn't come up with that on his own. Like he didn't think that at first that oh she's doing this to like get back at me. He didn't on, think that. on a side note, I just want to say that Cyrus's hate on for Millie was probably one of my favorite <laughs> not scenes, but moments. Like that was like <laughs> Like, I just love this. Like, so, like, Cyrus is back to being Cyrus this season. Like, he don't give a crap. He's, like, letting it be known. This is how I feel. This is what I think. And his hate on for Millie was, like, so true to character that it just... Okay, well, that's um, let's read some of the comments that are here because we have a ton. And Langston, just click the button and come back in. Um, how da, 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 I don't see, I think that was a, a while ago. Um, Cassandra says, The first time for me was when she started mumbling under her breath. Like, does Liv mumble? No, she most definitely does not. So that was out of character. Um, then she also says that Melly was only one, on, the only one on point this episode. Then she says, I actually gave Melly props. So I was here for her this episode. And especially that she thanked Liv for helping her out. Um, Sweet Treats Forever checks in. NYC gal checked in. Yay, I'm glad y'all are here. Uh, and so uh, Cassandra says, y'all, please stop with this Russell baby daddy possibility mess. There was <laughs> no way he could have been the father. Tula Rosebud said, what the hell happened to Fitz? Is he having a transitional issue between the divorce and being with Liv? Did the divorce affect him more than he realized? I didn't like what he said about Melly, not even 
believing what she said. I think Liv once wanted to backhand fit secretly. It was it was nasty what he said. Shane gives a prediction. He says Olivia and Melly are the only hope for life after Fitz and a scandal season eight. And that's weak. I don't know where he's going with his numbers. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I think eight. he's saying yeah, yeah, I'm okay. just saying, he done skipped all the way, you know. Uh, I know. Sweet Cheese Forever says, and Melly recognized it was Liv's doing. Shane says, tell a friend, tell them what, that this is the last Scandal podcast, girl, bye. Shut up, Shane, before I take my foot and kick you in your face with these little videos you're doing that are passive-aggressive, non-on-one-certain-subject su topic of Scandal. So thank you very much for that. Um Shane cut it out. Yes, Moretta J. Please tell him again. <laughs> and he's going to big me up. Don't play with me. Coffee Light and Sweet says, hey, y'all finally made it. Changed my work schedule so I could be here tonight. Hey, Jaha. Hey, Katrina. Hey, girl. Hello, girl. We, we've been missing you all season. I think hey. Too. LD is like, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm, I mean, it's okay, though. It's okay. No. <laughs> you weren't here when she said that. This is all this. Like 77 comments now. Um, and then terrible communicator for the communications expert is what uh, Cassandra says. <laughs> Annie says, I thought the abortion was taking her life back. I think she felt lost too much of her life to, um, she lost too much of her life to, um, to Fitz. <laughs> NYC gal says to Shane, season eight, try season six first. And I think it would be Susan Ross. Uh, we all agree that lives a terrible communicator. Uh, do you today says, do you think he will reconcile with Melly? Uh, no, no, <laughs> uh, no. I just want to say about the whole alone and also yeah. to see um, what it takes the um, the domestic labor that it requires uh, to kind of have that White House running. I don't mean staff. I mean, what Melly did for him for years and also what Olivia was doing for a few weeks. Once he do that shit, then he will see the value of that labor. What were you going to say, Aldea? I was just going to say about the whole abortion thing. I don't really get why people were so surprised wait, by wait, it. Wait, wait. I, I think yes, I did that. Talk. No. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. Like, she said, don't be giving stuff for free. Hold okay, something back just, just a little bit. You know, can't reveal all of it. You know, <laughs> give himself a little tease. <laughs> all right. So Sweet Treats Forever says it was not the right time for her to have a baby. Liv has issues to work on. Uh, and we are going through the comments here. Uh, Tula Rosebud says Shonda did say that she would. She thought the show would go for eight seasons. I don't recall seeing that. Y'all keep saying that. That's been circling no, around the universe. Oh, I actually think that's what the headline on the story said, but she didn't actually say that. Well, you have to listen to the PR interview. That yeah. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Um, I have yet to watch the show again. NYC gal says, Bright Eyes, which is Cassandra says, singing to Fitz, I bet you think this song is about you. You're so vain. <laughs> That's all I kept hearing in my head. Ooh. Tula Rosebud pulled out Carly Simon. That was, a, that, was a cut. that was a cut right there. <laughs> Actually, it would have been kind of cool if that song had to play like at the end when she was sitting on the couch. Y'all know they only play Motown on Scandal. <laughs> the Motown's greatest. <laughs> I was going to play some of the music, but, but man, she's it was all Christmas. She, somebody needs to do that, like do a video with like that song over it. 
Oh, oh, mm-hmm. like a meme or him talking or something, and then you hearing a song. That'd be cool. Tula Roosevelt says, "Is it possible yeah, that I- Rowan did handpick?" Oh, handpick- is it possible that Rowan did what? That Rowan did pit- handpick Jake for Liv, and Liv chose Fitz instead. Just asking. Well, obviously that he picked Jake to to keep her away from Fitz. To that was like a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, she said yes. that they. Oh, go ahead, um, Langston. No, I was just going to go back and address Tula Rose's uh, statement about the the eight seasons thing. Uh, what Shonda actually said was she knows when the end is, but she she wasn't the one that put the number on it. Whoever wrote that article put the number. She said she knows what the end is, just like she knew what the ending for Grey's Anatomy was. But when that point came, she kept going. And that's a possibility with this. She just she just at this time knows what the ending is. That's it. Cool. Um, so Tula Rosebud says also they could have killed Elise because she didn't comp- complete her mission. Rowan wasn't dead. Cassandra says, no, you no, you know, Langston, LOL. No way that Russell could have fathered that baby. Uh, oh, now you know. I guess she said, now you know. <laughs> hey, how, how is that? How do, how do you know that? Because <laughs> we, we don't even know how far along she was. Come on, y'all! Y'all, y'all conspiracy theories are relationship with with what's that? Um, that was a whole year. Yeah, it's been a whole year. Scandal you know year. The only that Liv was holding up at the beginning of the episodes in a black and white shot. It said 2015 on it. Uh, I'm not the okay. Dr. King says Jake is doing his job. So Fitz has a year left. That should give you some ideas. Yeah, 18, he has 18 months left. Oh, well, yeah. Well, technically, like 16, no, 14 months. All right. Um, look, sweet oh, forever. You are not going to come for me over um Russell. Okay? She's talking about stop, 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 stop. There you go again with that fake hairline painted on hair guy. Ugh, Marcus is way sexier than. Why would you make that mistake? Because Marcus is losing his hairline. At least Russell has his intact. What is it? It's going away. Check in with Marcus in a couple years. I bet you that thing will be by his ears. Thank you very much. Leave Marcus alone. Hey, Hey, if you're going to take the new Harrison role, you got to get the new Harrison role. I have one question for you, Jaha. Yes. Why is it that every time they're in that position over at OPA, you just can't, you hate on them? You just don't like them. What's the problem? First it was Columbus, now it's poor little old Marcus. I wasn't hating on Columbus. I was hating on Harrison. Columbus on is Harris. There's a difference. Now you're hating on Marcus. What Marcus do to you? He ain't been there but a couple of weeks. He ain't even been there for 90 days. He got it together now, Jaha. He doing music. Marcus can't even talk I mean, enough to keep up with the OPA team. So for y'all... Yeah, we give him a catch up. <laughs> Look, Russell is sexy. His abs is on fleek. Marcus don't have no on fleek abs. All Marcus has is a well, hairline. I mean, low Brian, 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 it, Brian White is like pretty. He, yeah. But it's. <laughs> I was trying to. I was gonna say he's like what they call like 
like ghetto beautiful like he's known in the hood is what i was trying to get to like brian white is like he's been in so many things no what i mean is like scandals like the first thing mainstream that he's done but he's acted for so long i know so like people a little early i was like yeah yeah yes like he stays working and he's always looked that good that's all i'm saying i'm just saying go back he knows how to do all of the punches with the bar and pull-ups and such not hey okay he gone he lit to the head he's dead look russell will always be alive in my heart Y'all go ahead and pull together his funeral program. Y'all will bury Russell in the manner that he deserves if you gave Harrison's one line behind for our entire two seasons of burial. You will bury Russell on these interwebs. Thank you very much. That's all I'm saying. All right. This point cremated. You can keep him on your mantle, but he's dead. <laughs> you ain't nothing for that, Langston. I'm gonna just say that right now. All right, so we are we are wrapping this up. What'd you say? I said, "Ashes picture of him." But I'm looking at a picture of him on these interwebs right now with no shirt on, and it looks good. Thank you very much. Focus. That's all I'm saying. I stay focused. I ain't trying to look at Harrison crackhead behind. I'm just I'm staying focused. On well, Harrison wasn't a crackhead. Columbus is. I'm not saying nothing because I don't want to be. Yeah, I'm just saying. (laughs) I think if you say that's what I heard, then you don't Mm -hmm. get. I heard allegedly, 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 allegedly. Allegedly (laughs) Columbus like that white out around his nostrils. That's all I'm saying. Did you? Argument between um, Fitz and Olivia. <laughs> we get into that in After Dark. I'm laughing at the comments because they are hilarious. <laughs> Y'all are crazy. Russell is not the worst spy, Shane. You are. I think you are a spy for the enemy because you over here, you always talking crazy. All right, we're about to leave y'all. Thank y'all for joining us for this last episode of the Scandal Podcast. You all go ahead and tell them a little TT, something that y'all want to say. Get off your hearts because Jesus has blessed you. Go ahead. I do. Shane said something about Olivia. How do you make a cookie? I was so annoyed with that woman when she asked her that question. I I can't believe you know what a snickerdoodle was. That one. Oh, that's hysterical. Well, she made me want one. She described it very well. But I know. It, well, I was like, what is that? And then I thought about it, and I was like, of course, it's a snicker, dude. Come on, child. I love that Olivia thought it was going to be something more. She got. Yeah, she was like, do you? She was like, okay. <laughs> like, I know you talk about a dang on cookie. Are you serious? That was fun. I love to help you. Not. <laughs> All right, LDA, you got something for the peoples. Give it to them. Give it to them the the LDA way. I just want to say thanks, guys. You guys have given me such a different perspective of watching the show and making me think about things differently. I got these three wonderful people out of this. So we'll stay in contact. And thanks. I'm going to pass it off to Langston. Oh, other way. Your turn, Langston. Is, Is this a farewell episode? Yes. Where have you been? I don't know. Well. We got canceled. 
<laughs> you mean I this because of my because my Wi-Fi wasn't working? Um, I, I completely enjoyed this. I have a feeling that we'll be back, but you know, you never I know. I know. I'm gonna talk some people into it. Yeah, no. I'm too. <laughs> but we'll figure it out. You know, it's like I think we just need to do some, uh, you know, do some work. We're not. I mean, we're on break. We're gonna be on break, so don't be surprised if we're back. We will actually have some time. <laughs> what kind of false false goodbye? <laughs> Look, we yeah, like maybe we'll see over. Maybe. I guess they tell me it's never over. Like, <laughs> never. It's the song that doesn't end. Like we'll be going on when the show is <laughs> off here. Like. What? Wasn't that uh wasn't that uh sky eight? Oh. Yeah. I know I love it. Yeah. So that's what we're gonna do, y'all. We're gonna go back into New Jack once we figure some things out. Yeah. Like Janet oh, Jackson said, Somebody you said don't know what you got till it's gone. They'll miss us. Mm-hmm. I can't you know, I don't even want to know the amount of jizzing on themselves that After Buzz is gonna be doing after this episode because of the Rowan thing and Olivia being with Fitz and the the breakup and oh uh, yeah Olivia needs to get back with her dad and that whole shit. Shut up. <laughs> like, I believe. Shane, shut your ass up. I'm just I'm just <laughs> you be getting on my nerves some days. You just look. All right. So awesome Monika and y'all look, me and Shane got a personal relationship, so don't don't take me so you know. Um y'all don't curse at Shane. <laughs> Oh, um, oh, awesome. Monika says that we will miss you. Thanks so much for your solid analysis. NYC gal is coming up with solutions in the comments talking about y'all should do a monthly podcast. <laughs> Moretta J says we're going to miss you guys. We need a forum to get our scandal knowledge. And then the oh. NYC gal says you are the alternative to the inept after buzz panel. Oh. I didn't even read that out loud. <laughs> That's what she said. She did. Cassandra is so sad. She said, "She said there is no Langston." She said she wants you to know. Um, Shane says, "Katrina, please make this podcast happen." Thanks, management. Um, then to the Rose. Who made you manager, Shane? Not any, anybody on this podcast. No one. <laughs> You, you oh, take what? that back to the scandalista. You take that on Facebook. <laughs> and Tula Rosebud says, preach Langston. This man is so positive. Tula Rosebud loves you, Langston. Okay? She does. She loves you. Um, Bright Eye says, they yeah. were actually good this episode. Oh, oh. so the, the um, other podcast was good. Um, she said they are hit or miss. She said, Jaha, are you and Shane a couple? No, we are not. <laughs> <laughs> not in the <laughs> <room. laughs> <laughs> also, Monika says, ouch. And um, Tula Rosebud says, Katrina saves my san- sanity. Loretta J says, Shane is fake management. And <laughs> Tula Rosebud. And Katrina, go ahead and tell the people what you got to say. Oh, I don't know that I have anything to really say. I really enjoyed this podcast. I love our camaraderie, the fact that we can agree to disagree or we can have. Um, you know, conversations and discussions and disagreements without hating each other or getting on each other's nerves. And I think that probably comes from the fact that, you know, we're on camera 
because I swear to God, I want to murder some people on the internet sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I never want to murder you guys, so I'm really Aww. good at we like yeah. not being murdered, Katrina. It's a beautiful <laughs> thing. Enjoy. I do appreciate Say that again. We, we talk we hug it out long distance and it's all good. Mm-hmm. It is all good. And our like after podcast chats, like I'll miss that stuff too. So you guys I'm glad you came into my life and I, this was really, really Fun. And, and if um, I go ahead, Damn. Moretta said your swear jar is full, Katrina. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody is asking about your lipstick color in the comments, so you gonna you address I'll that with you. her. <laughs> it's related to the episodes, as are my earrings. It's oh. actually little, you see, I'm wearing little Christmas gift box earrings. Can you see? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And the lipstick is also related. It's called Fox by Ilamasta. And you can purchase it at Sephora in the United States. Nice. I thought she was going to say Well, um, we are going into, I've already said my goodbyes to y'all. I love y'all. Y'all know how I feel. Y'all know I was all emotional on that podcast last episode um, when I did the audio because Lord knows I was in there crying. I recorded that thing like four times just to get it together. And I'm like, you still cry? Like I still cry. My daughter's like, mommy, why are you crying again? I'm like, I don't want to leave him. I'm like, but you know, so. um, Nobody, you'll be back. Oh my gosh, Lacey is like, ooh. I don't know why Lacey giving all these false promises. <laughs> you know, even if I had to partner with Shane, he's still going to. Oh, Lord. Well, mean, you partner up with Shane, man, so you can save your. You're going to have a silver head when you finish partnering up with Shane. <laughs> Mustache silver. <laughs> uh, silver hair. Uh, it's already silver. The whole thing, Langston. (laughs) Y'all, thank y'all so much for being here. We are out. out. Happy holidays to all of you. Happy holidays, guys. Happy holidays, everybody. Have a great Thanksgiving next week. We'll see y'all on February 11th. Well, back. (laughs) (laughs) See y'all later. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna let Langston live in my space this this way. I was like, did he just say February 11th? I was like, you get allocating time. <laughs> I'm so sad. I mean, I I was gonna suggest that we should do it like four times a year, like if we do like season premiere and then finale and then you know winter finale premiere and then finale like just four times. Yeah, that that was like what I thought. I was like, maybe just do like limit it to four. Four episodes. We have three months to figure it out. Yeah. Figure well, out. yeah. Like, like do it for the season premiere, then do it for the winter finale. Do one after the winter, you know, premiere, and then do one for the season finale. And then it's like a, you know, it's like an event. People, you know, we can save everything up and like. Really so we we're gonna have an eight we'll hour podcast, is what y'all are saying. <laughs> Y'all know y'all, look, this is an hour. This is a sh- this is one episode. Look how look how it's an hour. But you could like you could cut it up. No, right? I'm not cutting up shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna let you know. 
right now because I'm, Jaha is not doing that. No, it's too much work. This is what you are very busy. That's true. <laughs> I was like, what? All right. Well, we'll figure are it out. Are we still on air? Yeah, we're still on air. They're all right there. Oh. Let's just have this conversation. Oh, hey. Did you I think didn't there was know. a, a was back like, door? There's no, this is not YouTube. That's so why I was like, why are we? I thought it like, I'm like it was them having this, this, this team meeting on air. <laughs> And then they said limited. Somebody was like, how about just 90 minutes? Limited. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, so mean, we're going to you know. go because we'll figure this out <laughs> in, in the privacy of our home, um, which is the backstage of the After Dark. We'll see y'all later. We'll, we'll meet y'all there. And I emailed you links that I don't want to hear your shenanigans. Uh-oh. <laughs> you emailed me what? The link. Emailed yeah. me and told me to shut up. Is that what you well, did? Yes. Can you send me a link for the After Dark for um, G, please? Okay. She All right. Watch. Okay. Bye. 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 See, I told y'all it was a great show. It was a high note to leave off on, right? Y'all loved hearing Langston and Eldia and Katrina all back in one place, listening and talking and having a great old time with each other. Yes. <laughs> I know I absolutely positively did as well. So I want to leave you all with something, and this is about the show. Now, I know that we all have our happy moments, our sad moments, our upset moments. We get frustrated with the characters, frustrated with the writing, frustrated with the continuity, and we tend to have a feeling of, well, frustration <laughs> when it comes to certain parts of the show. But... You have to realize this is a show and it's not always going to go the way that you want it to go. That is what great drama is. Scandal is by far one of the great dramas of its era. And um, I would not have done or started a podcast about this show if I hadn't seen something spectacular in it and felt like there was something great that was going to come out of it. Most of you know. This show started out as a scandal and deception podcast because I love drama and I thought deception was going to be a great show to, you know, talk about. But quickly, very, very quickly, I started seeing the writing on the wall for deception, <laughs> not as far as, oh, I don't like the show, but as far as like, this isn't a sustainable drama. And I saw that Scandal really was. It had so many layers and undertones and colors and shapes to it. And I wanted to talk about and explore those shapes and colors with not only other people, but all of you. The show will disappoint you. It will have you excited. It will make you cry, make you laugh, frustrate you, make you angry. But that's what great drama does. That is what it does. You can't be so invested at you writing what the outcome of this show is that you forget to enjoy it. Because we talked about this on the on the podcast. It's easy to go dark. It's easy to be a uh, somebody that's walking in shadow and not in light. We Scandal brings that up a lot where it talks about how Olivia was supposed to bring everybody to the light. A lot of times the reason you all are disappointed in Olivia is because you believe that. You believe that Olivia is the light. Everybody believes that Olivia is the epicenter because of course she's the main character. So when she does something human, because you don't expect her, a lot of people don't expect her to be human and to have flaws that are the same as any other person. 
as any other person. Just because you're the light doesn't mean that you can't err in judgment. Doesn't mean that you don't have faults. So a lot of times we look at Olivia, we look at Fitz, we look at, you know, the way that they behave. We demonize Papa Pope when Papa Pope is the typical parent. He's the typical parent. Maybe not as far as sending in somebody to sleep with your child and all that good stuff, because no parent is going to do that typically. But the way he reacts to the disappointment that he feels with Olivia, the way he reacts to the disappointment he feels in his sons or in in things that are going on that are beyond his control, that is a typical parent's reaction. And although we all know that Papa Pope isn't perfect and all that good stuff, you have to give him the space to actually be a parent as well. Even though he has the darkness inside of him and he is the epicenter of the, the antithesis of Olivia. There is that because as you saw, as you saw on the episode, he was surprised that Olivia sent Huck to save him, even though they've had their ups and downs, even though she metaphorically shot him. She doesn't want to see her father dead. She doesn't want to see him harmed. Um, There's there are a lot of things that are on the show that you have to understand as a listener of our show and as a watcher of Scandal. We're not the writers. We're here to enjoy the the roller coaster ride. We're here for the ups and the downs, the dips and the falls, the the breathiness of excitement and the fear of of B613 storylines taking over the world. <laughs> That's what we are here for. And yes, you can be disappointed in the show. There's no shame in that. Yes, you can be excited about the next episode. Yes, you can have a lull where you don't watch each episode right after another. You may wait a week or two. You may take a scandal break or three. But as long as you understand that this is entertainment and it's meant to be full of those raggedy twists and those jagged curves and those, it's it's meant to have that because otherwise you're not allowing room for Shonda to create a world that has dimension, color, depth, reasoning, craziness. You're not giving room for the show to grow. Look at Grey's Anatomy. It's been on the air for how long? How many fans have left that show and come back? How many people have loved each episode and hated, you know, a couple of episodes and come right back or fell off completely to come back a year later? You're not always going to love everything. That's not what the show is meant for, but love it enough to give it a chance to grow, to disappoint you sometimes, to make you excited sometimes, because that's what good drama is. Now, I'm leaving you all with that, and I hope you take heed to that and you give some of the episodes that are a little lackluster, a little less than what you expected, a little less than what you wanted some grace because we all want grace, right? (laughs) Thank you all for listening to this episode and to my parting information that I'm giving you here. My little little parting speech. (laughs) I love you all. Have many, many blessings in your life. And until the next podcast I start, stay sophisticated.